This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING. Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We're also on BitChute as Awakening Podcast. I'm no longer on YouTube because I got kicked off. Also, <laughs> the Learn Polish Podcast, the Crypto Podcast, and the Meditation Podcast, and all can be found on roycon.com. Please welcome my guest today, Sovereign Pete. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So, looking forward to this. Just finished your book, but you might introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, a lot of people just call me Sovereign Pete, sort of a nickname. Um, I've been trying to help a lot of people with the issues that's going on in the world today, uh, mainly doing, uh, to do with uh, contract law. There's a lot of people out there panicking over mandates. Uh, they don't understand how contract law works, so I'm trying to help that. Uh, I've put a team together. I've got a good bunch of people who are working hard. We're all volunteers. Um, we've got our own website now called thesovereignproject.live. There's some information on there. It's all free. Um, you're free to join. And we also have a um, private uh, Facebook group. So you can join that and get help that way with any issues you've got at the moment with what's going on in the world today. So I suppose before we delve into everything, just like, like when was your kind of awakening moment when you realized, <laughs> hey, this, something's wrong? Oh, wow. You've got to go back probably 30 years for that. <laughs> but um I think it was just general stuff that I was hearing on the news in the, in the early 90s. In fact, it's even before that, probably in the 80s, I thought something's not right. Uh, you know, the news is not correct. I'm not being given the correct information. And there was some definite stuff on the, on the news that was outright, outright wrong. But it wasn't until the invention of the um, internet. So, you know, we all got the internet in, I think, 92 or something around that time. You know, um, it became accessible to all of us. You know, got my 56K modem, got myself a computer, and uh, away I went, started researching all this stuff. I was only doing it casually at the time, but it wasn't until about, I'd say, 2010, 2011 is when I really got into this stuff. Stopped watching TV, and I was spending every evening after work, and I was just researching it for hours. I'd be through the whole night researching this stuff. And wow, did I discover some things. <laughs> so, so that's how it started for me. And like with kind of UCC and common law and everything, I, I, I tell you where I'm at, right? I'm after oh. a, a friend of mine got into it, told me about it, and I just started reading. I got Judge Anne Von writes a load of her books. I'm after reading a load of the common law books and loads of different things. I'm just after finishing a course with a BB Baracus Bacchus is, and I'm just like haven't done much on it just tiptoeing and starting to write now back to the city but what i'm learning is by signing stuff you're basically you're kind of not doing yourself any favors absolutely correct i mean i've been researching everything and common law is one of the areas that i've researched or law in general and i've been doing this for 30 years and basically i've always been fighting so if someone tries to put a claim on me that is bogus i will then go after them so i've been put perfecting my strategy it's like a martial arts this stuff this common law stuff if you like and i just use the word common law as a general term because it depends on the origins of that term so you've got to be careful just saying common law all the time because there's at least four origins that i can find of common law itself so i think we might want to cover that i mean a lot of people think common law comes from the magna carta signing in 1215 
But if you research that, that was really a contract between the barons and the, the, the king, the monarch. So technically, layman's terms, I think also, disclaimer, I'm going to have to use layman terms. I can't go into details because obviously we'll be talking for, for days. So layman terms, that form of common law is basically constitutional common law because that is it's the it's a contract between the barons and the uh, the monarch, and that's what uh, Magna Carta is. Great Charter, big contract. That's what it is. You go a big bit further back, and the term common law comes from the king. Um, I think this is from around 1066, where the king owned all the courts, and the courts were applied to all, and that therefore the law was common to all. But that is technically crown law, so that's crown common law. You don't want to be in either of those jurisdictions unless you know what you're doing. Go further back, 2,000 years, and then you get into the plebitorial system. This is where the, uh, this is royal, uh, sorry, the Roman civil procedure stuff. Um, this is where the uh, the elites, if you like, were in, were in control of the plebs, the plebitorials, the, um, the people at the very bottom end of this uh, uh, structure. And the term common law then applied just to the plebs, the commoners, the people without status. So do you want to be in that common law? I don't think so. And then you go further back and then there's a common law that is basically from the Christian people. Now, I'm not saying that I'm expert, an expert on religion or the Bible or anything like that, but there appears to be um, a separation or the, you've got the Christian people and then you've got the Christian religion. Okay, the Christian religion is about 2000 years old. But before that, there was like the Christian people that had the idea that everyone was equal and they had a form of common law. So when people say common law, I say, well, what jurisdiction are you talking about? What point of history are you talking about? So I like to say common law 2020, which is the modern version. And common law really is from within. Common law is your law. OK, so that's what it is. That's what sovereignty means. So people have to understand that there's too many people out there looking for this common law. You know, they're going online trying to find this common law. You won't find it. Okay, it's here because you, if you go looking for it, it's here all the time. It's always been here. And what people are doing is they're downloading documents thinking that's common law. And then they're using that without any idea of how the law actually works. And then they end up in big trouble. And then they'll turn around and say, well, common law never worked. And I'll go, well, what were you actually using? And then they'll give me a piece of paper and it's got some writing on it. And I go, that's a policy. <laughs> Who wrote it? But going back to your original um, comment, too many people are falling foul of the system because, like you say, they are signing forms. Do not sign forms. It's not your form. It's not even written in English. So people are receiving documents from the government. Okay, it's not written in English. It's written in a dog Latin or ASL, American Sign Language. It violates the grammar of English. But people read it as English, and they should not be. But when you sign it, you're handing over all your rights. You're agreeing to stuff that you don't understand. This is why the vast majority of people are illiterate. They can't read. And that doesn't mean that they can't pick up a piece of paper and read some of the text. They can't read the hidden messages. And that's where people are falling foul. It's a simple mistake. Some people, it'll be like, um, you'll get a form from the, from the government and it'll say something like, please use black ink. And you use black ink and no one understands why you should use black ink. And that's obviously referring to your legal fiction, your dead entity. That's the color black. He'll say something like, um, please use block capital uh, to fill out your name. And people do that and there'll be boxes and you'll fill that out. That's not you. That 
all caps name is referring to your legal fiction. So it's not you, that's your corporation that you don't even know about. And then there'll be tick boxes on the form. And it'll say something like, what is this pertaining? What, what, is, what is it you know, to do with? And it'll be like a box, it might say tax. And you go, yeah, I, I'm, I'm filling this form out because it's got something to do with tax. You'll tick that box saying tax. You've now agreed to be a taxpayer <laughs> and you don't know it. So yes, people have got to get out of other people's paperwork. Don't use their form. Don't use phone calls. Don't use emails. Don't use texts. If you're going to be dealing with someone, get into your own paperwork, do your own notice and be in your own court. This is another thing people don't understand. Every one of us has their own court. I have my own court. You have your own court. I have my rights. The only person who knows my rights is me. No one else knows them. I don't know about anyone else's rights. If you want to keep your rights, it's up to you to protect them. So everybody has their own court. It's their own authority, their own rights. They make the law in, that, in their court, in their dominion. If you go to court, you're in someone else's court. You're now under someone else's jurisdiction. You've lost. You've got no status and no rights. So you, you've entered into a rigged casino. But yes, um, people are falling foul of the forms. Don't fill out the forms and please don't sign them. And a lot of these forms, in fact, most of them are being securitized anyway. And then more debt is being created. And then you've got to pay more tax to pay the interest on this debt that you created and you had no knowledge of it. But yeah, don't sign forms. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. And I, I know you mentioned the Magna Carta um, 1623 or whatever, but I've also yeah. heard Magna Carta 1666. Have you come across that one? Like, because yes. I, with the Satanism and everything, when I hear all this 666, I'm like, because the more you kind of, I didn't want to go down that rabble hole about a year ago, but once I did, I see it everywhere in cartoons and everything. And when I hear Magna Carta 1666, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Yes. That's right. You can go down. I mean, normally it's 1215 Magna Carta, but I think there's one in the 1217 and then there's the 1666. And that is a rabbit hole all on its own. I have a I have an understanding of that. I know of it. I don't claim to be an expert on the Magna Carta. OK, because the stuff I've been researching, you won't live long enough to try and research everything fully. <laughs> It's not enough time. Yeah. I, I'm learning. The more I'm learning, the more I know I don't know, and I have to learn That's more. Right. That's right. The more you learn, the more you realize what you don't know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, where do I stop? So, um, and yes. The, yeah, the Universal Commercial Code, then, do, what, what, where does that come in? Yes, that's another code. Yes, that's the or the Uniformed uh, Commercial Code. Uniform, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, that's another jurisdiction altogether. So that again, commercial code, this is dealing with corporations. I know of these remedies. It is on my list. I have a very long list of all these remedies that people are delving into. And I want to sit down and actually dissect it all. But I can tell you straight away, if you're entering into that jurisdiction, you're stepping out of your own. So you have to be careful when you're dealing with any of this. A lot of people are trying to go after their birth certificate because if you get into this common law stuff, you will know about the birth certificate. And you will know that um, what has happened is when you were born, they created a live birth certificate and it's owned by the Vatican. And then on the other side of that, they created another one, which was the birth of your corporation, your dead entity. And your dead entity is responsible for paying back all the credit that your live certificate of birth actually creates. Now, there is a way that you can go after this. Oh, by the way, anyone watching this, it is not easy going after your birth certificate. Don't think it's a couple of forms you download off the internet and get control of my birth certificate. That's the holy grail. 
Okay, I reckon there's only a handful of people in the world in, in the world that could do it. And I'm even sort of like contemplating with the knowledge I know, and even I'm contemplating whether or not to even bother. It's that difficult. And if you get it wrong, you will end up in prison. So it's not an easy thing to get hold of this uh, birth certificate. Anyway, this is where all this UCC comes into play because you're actually messing about with a corporation in your name. There are different ways of doing this. You can become a secure party creditor of the corporate name. You can bankrupt that corporate name and then transfer all the assets to yourself. A simpler way is to ignore it and just basically say, you know what, that corporate legal fiction is not even me anyway. And it's not. And you don't own it. The Vatican owns both those birth certificates, the, the live one, the Vatican owns it, and the legal fiction also, uh, the Vatican owns it. By the way, that is your surname. Uh, then we better touch on that as well, because a lot of people don't understand what's going on with the surname. The word idiot is someone who does not know their name. Okay, so this is a legal term, it's used in their courts. So an idiot would be someone who doesn't know their name. 99.999% of the people on this planet do not know their name because they're accepting the surname. The surname is not your name. It is owned by the Vatican. Actually, we better touch on this as well. <laughs> this is a problem, you go down this rabbit hole and you got it well. Yeah, but it's all relevant, it's all good. Yeah. A lot of people have, especially in, um, okay, we've got to distinguish England from UK. UK is a corporation, okay? United Kingdom is a corporation. The United Kingdom will give you a national insurance number. This is actually a bank account number. This is tied to your name, which is partly Christian name and the other part is your surname. When you pay your income tax, 60% of your income tax goes to the Vatican because they own the surname. The first part of the name is linked to debt that the Bank of England has created in your name. So the way the bank, and by the way, Bank of England means it's without England. Anything with of in it means it's not part of that. So United States of America, nothing to do with America, that's another corporation. So Bank of England's got nothing to do with England, it's a private bank. They create debt, bonds, that sort of stuff, and they give that to the um, layman's terms again. They give that to the, the government, uh, and they they actually fund services using inflation, using this system. So your tax, your income tax is paying the interest on this debt. So that's a tie to your surname. So you go back to the surname again. The surname is a legal fiction created by the Vatican. And throughout your entire life, this is why most people are idiots. And most people throughout their life think that surname is them. So they answer to it. So every time you get pulled over, you know, speeding ticket, it's surname. Let's touch on another thing as well, speeding tickets. When you get a speeding ticket sent through the post, that's not you. Have a look on the envelope. Another thing, you open the envelope, it's a windowed envelope. You can send it back because it's windowed, because it's been tainted, it's been, um, it's, it, you, you know, you can't accept it because people can see into the envelope because it's windowed, okay? So you can actually return it on open. So I can't accept windowed envelopes. But anyway, the reason why... And just staying on the envelope, actually, because the fracking, okay. the fracking as well, is that that's illegal? Where they're actually using the, the stamp thing that is not an official stamp. Is that something else that you can send yes. back? Well, we have to distinguish between legal and lawful, okay? If you've consented to the system, right? Okay, let's get onto the simple stuff. Um, the word legal or illegal always, 100% of the time, refers to a contract. Always. Meaning, for something to be legal or illegal for you, you must have signed the contract agreeing to the terms. 
So if a policeman comes up to you, this is why police only deal in commerce. They don't deal in law, only commerce. And that's why they use these terms. Oh, it's illegal. You've made an illegal turn or something like that. And you should say, well, hang on a minute. Show me the, uh, the contract. You, there has to be a contract that I've agreed to this policy that you're talking about for, for me to be illegal. So when you say it's illegal, it depends. If you've accepted the contract, then no, it's not illegal. You probably consented, but you didn't realize you consented. Lawful is separate to legal. Law deals with the law. If someone's harmed you, that sort of stuff. So, so we've got to separate lawful and legal. So whenever you hear legal, you're dealing with the legal system. The legal system only applies to you if you've consented and accepted it. If you haven't, it doesn't. So yes, going back to the envelope, the way the government, or should I say, should I say the people behind government, because the government does not exist, it's a legal fiction. So the people behind government, the way they operate, they operate on assumption. So they assume you know how everything works. So when they send you a letter with a window on it, they assume you understand the, the, con the connotations with that window. And because you didn't speak up, you've agreed through tacit agreement. Because you never complained, you've accepted that that window is on the envelope. And it's the same with the franking and the marks and the stamps and the whole lot. And the Royal Mail is part of the legal system. Okay, so you, you were consented to using the legal system if that mail was sent through Royal Mail. So you've consented because you never put your hand up and says, hang on a minute, I'm taking away my consent. So it's all done through that. So going back to the envelope thing, so the, the police, the speeding tickets, they'll send you a speeding ticket and it will be a windowed envelope. They will assume that you understand what you're doing. They will assume that you know why it's windowed. The reason it's windowed is you can see through the envelope and see the documentation inside, and then you can make a, dec a decision whether or not to open it. So what you'll do is you'll open the envelope, you'll pull out the document, you have now proclaimed the law. <laughs> there are no road laws. And there never will be. But you have opened the envelope. You've now proclaimed the law. And what does it say on the speeding ticket? It says, um, sign your name, date it. So what do you do? Sign it, date it, send it back. You've entered into a contract with the police. You're now liable for the speeding ticket. If you just send the envelope back, you're not liable because you didn't accept the contract. But going back to the envelope, the window, this is where we you know, got a little bit off track. But the name, the surname, this is where, we, you know, this is where it went. So have a look. You should do this with all, all documentation. When it comes to your letterbox, only have, uh, have a look at what's um, the name. First of all, there'll be a title. Are you a mister? Are you a miss? Are you, are you a missus? If you accept that title, you are under, uh, it is maritime law. That is a military title in layman's terms, okay? So you can reject it on that because you can say, well, I'm not a mister, send it back. Have a look, read of your name itself. You'll probably find that your first name will be in correct grammar, which would be title case, which is a capital letter first and then the rest of it's lowercase. If you have a middle name, your middle name will be in there. That'll also be in title case. Your last name, your surname will always be in uppercase. That should ring alarm bells. You should say, well, that's not how I write my name. That's because that last name, the surname in all caps, is not your surname. It's making reference to your legal fiction. You can send it back and say unrecognized. I so don't know. Just, just, just for people, because I, I want to try to get this uh, show that uh, people can do a few little things because there's so many that are trying to go down this. And I know there's, there's a lot out there as well. They're trying to sell massive courses now. And the, 
I think there's there's not there's not great advice because the fact now that I've looked at a lot of things, I know there's a lot of rogues out there and they're charging a lot of money and yes. plus they're giving them advice that could actually get them into more trouble. So yes. So with the envelope, because I, I know that for myself, and I know from signing that I, like I'm playing with it and I'm keeping this stuff. So my plan is actually to create something that I can share with people of what I've physically done myself. Not that what I think, what I assume, but with the envelope. So you don't open it. Do you just put return to sender on the back? Uh, some people are talking about having different stamps. What's your thoughts? What's the best way to actually, do you just write return to sender? without yes. Not a separate envelope, putting it into an envelope and registering it. Okay. Yeah. There's many different remedies. Now, one thing, when you get into common law, there are no solutions, there are no answers, there are only remedies, okay? So it's personal to the individual, and it's only the person themselves who can, who can use the correct remedy because they know all the variables. I get asked all these questions all the time, you know, I've received this, I've received that, what do I do? And I say, look, I don't know all your variables. I don't, I don't know your life. I don't know what your end goal is. I can't actually tell you what to do. All I can do is show you how it works and then you make a decision on what you want to do. So on the returning of the mail, uh, by the way, there is documents on my website, free, download it. There's a document on there and it will explain to you how to return mail and the reasons why. There are different methods. If you have no contract with the person sending you the mail, it's, it's cold mail, if you like, okay? And this is the first time you've never heard of them, you've never dealt with them, you don't have a contract with them, it turns up at your door. The simplest, easiest thing to do, you'll turn it over, there will be a return address on the back, okay? The simplest thing to do, photocopy it, scan it, so you've got a copy of the original front and back. Stamp on it, unrecognized if you don't recognize the name so if it says mister and you don't want to accept that title then you have the right to say that's unrecognized okay i don't want to i don't want people to do this parrot fashion this is where people are going wrong you see you have to make the decision on what you want to do don't do it because you say oh some guy on this podcast said i'm supposed to sample it went, no you have to be responsible for your own life and you've got to understand why you're doing it. So if you see the name and it says Mr. and it's all caps on the end, if you want to make the decision that you don't recognize that, then you make that decision and you stamp it, boom, unrecognized. Okay, it's your decision. Then get another stamp, boom, return to sender. Okay, there's other ways you can do it. You can say, uh, again, go on my website, there's how-to guides, and it'll say something like no contract or whatever it is. You make the decision, but return to sender, send it back unopened. That's one way of doing it. Another way, it could be a parking ticket or something like that. You, you, you might not even want to open the envelope again. That, if you want to do that way, what you would do is you then get your own envelope, and then you would put a notice of unable to respond. And then you would put the reasons in there why you can't respond to the mail and include a fee schedule. Every time you send mail back, charge them because it's taking your time to do it. So 350 quid fee schedule. So you put your fee schedule in there, your notice of unable to respond in your own envelope with no window on it, you're doing it correctly. Send it registered through Royal Mail, return it. But everyone's going to make their own decision on how they return the mail. It depends. If, if, you've actually, if you're dealing with somebody, then you might have to sign some of this document and return it. There's another thing, like parking tickets. Uh, when you return mail, 
never give up information that they don't already know. So if you're returning mail, it says occupier. Well, don't put your name on the returning mail. Because <laughs> you're just telling them their name. Don't sign it. You know, if they say um, parking ticket on vehicle, don't send something back saying, yeah, my blue Ford Escort registration. No. <laughs> and, and just on the envelope, because I've heard recently somebody was saying, don't send whites in brown. And I don't know, is that more waffle or is there some knowledge behind that? No. Very limited. The colour of the envelope really doesn't make much difference. There is a little bit behind it, but no. Again, it's your court you're dealing with. So a lot of this stuff is built on uh, assumption. It's like, uh, can we just touch on um, Black's Law Dictionary? Yes, yeah. And Where, which which version? Because I looked at this, like, some people, level. I'll just give you an example, because I said I've been studying a lot of different people. Some people are saying, use number five. Some is the number you say. My thoughts are, why would you not use the latest one? But then, and I saw how it's modified, but I, yes. I really don't know. So I'm just curious, what, on Black's Law, what's, what should you the be best doing? one, yeah, I think there's 11 uh, editions that I know of. Um, I think the best one is the first. Um, the first one has all the all the core realities, you know, the truth of the uh, their language, and then over time, the bar association, you know, the people within the legal system went, hang on a minute, we're actually telling everybody the secrets. The plebs are waking up, you know, the plebs are reading our dictionary. You know, we better change some of this because they're waking up. So then they they removed some of the information. So it's. Basically, the later version is the, the, the number 11 is, is the worthless one. It's, it's the first one, which is the, the key, the keystone to it all. But yes, um, a lot of people don't understand that words have different meanings because they don't question it. So when they receive documents from the police, uh, um, they will read it, but they, they are reading it in English. And they'll probably use the Oxford English Dictionary for the uh, you know the use of the words, and I'm going no, that's written using the Black's Law Dictionary. So it'll say the word driver. Are you the driver of this vehicle? Now the average pleb out there, the average person who can't read, thinks, oh, that's the action of me driving my car. Then I'll go, yeah, I'm the driver of this vehicle. And I go, no, that's not what it says. They are using Black's Law Dictionary. They are using commercial terms. So the word driver is an occupation, okay? The, the vehicle is a tool used within the occupation, like a lorry driver or, or a chauffeur. So if you turn and say, yes, I'm the driver of that vehicle, you are now accepting that your occupation is driver, and now you're under the jurisdiction of the police that only deal in commerce, and now all their policies apply to you because you've accepted the title driver. So you've got to understand Black's Law Dictionary. Another one is the word uh, child children in in, the, in the, the the eyes of the people within government and social services that means chattel property of the state so a child is a is like a, a dog or a goat or a chicken okay so you've got to be careful of these words don't admit to the word child if you're dealing with social services or anyone within government the word state is another just, just on that because i remember somebody i think in canada he's getting a lot of people getting their children back and i think regard as far as i remember is it he states i request to return my property that you call the children property yeah yes yes absolutely spot on you have to refer to your children as property 
again, this is the social conditioning. This is the brainwashing that we've all been under. It's been going back longer than I've been alive. You know, my grandparents before me have gone through this. So the average person today has been conditioned not to think of their children as property. But when you research the word property, you go back and simply means you are the proper parents for that child. So if you're the proper guardians, if you like the proper parents for that child, using Oxford English Dictionary layman's terms, if you're the proper parents for that child, they are your property. And you must also use the term belonging. They belong to me. If you don't use these words, if you don't claim them as your property, you don't state that they belong to me, then the government will. The government will take them, and they do. Okay, most people don't understand this, but they do not own their children today. In fact, most people don't understand that they don't own their children, they don't own their cars, they don't own their homes, they don't own their businesses. So when Klaus Schwab says that you will own nothing and you'll be happy, he's right, because no one does today. Okay, so people got to wake up to that fast. But yes, you've got to be careful of the word. And, and just to, sorry, like on the black laws, because I was able to get a, a lot of the different versions online because there's some sites that give it to you because it's something like 300 bucks or something. Oh, I was yeah, like, <laughs> what's going on there? A book costing that much? I mean, you know, I have no problem spending 20 quid for a book or 30 quid, but when it's 300, you're going, what's, yeah, you're is it possible to get volume one? Or is it still possible to get the, the first one? Because I get yeah. what you're saying. That Yeah. And when I see who's doing it, because uh, I bought one book on, I forget the name, Darren or something, the fella that's been doing it for the last 20 years. And I thought, if these guys are part of the cabal or whatever you call it, they're basically just doctoring it to, as you say, watering it down. But is it possible for me to get volume one or um possible yeah i think i've got volume four on pdf myself someone gave it to me and they downloaded it off the internet that's a copy i've got i've not been able to get hold of copy one myself so if there's anyone listening <laughs> and you've got copy one on pdf please pop it a link down below because <laughs> i would like a copy <laughs> but yes it's not easy to get hold of uh, people do need to know about it as well well, I mean that—that's actually saying something when when it's like that. You know, I I always find that, that if something is easy, there's a reason it's easy, and when it's not, there's also you that's know you're going down the right road, basically. That's correct. That's correct. But people have got to know the difference between Oxford English and Black's Law. You've got to know it. Um, this is why so many people fail because they think they're reading English and it's not. And I know we're kind of constantly going on a tangent, but this, I find that with this, that's the way it is because uh, I'm. I've had over 100 court cases and I'm fighting the city and I had with another guy a, a, a tenement house and okay. they're coming after us for a refuse collection, even though we didn't have the people were gone and there was like three living there and we had an alcohol shops that were providing the refuse so we didn't need it and they're okay. like no you need it and I just I just refused to sign it I was like I'm not signing that and I walked out. And they went from trying to claim, this is now just after, from 2013. So the we never once got a bill off them and they're coming after us for 2013. So now that I've done that, it took them about six months to come after me again. And now it's from 2015. So I've already, without signing it, I've saved two years, which is you know, a sizable <laughs> amount of money. But like, I was advised basically, because everything here, I'm living in Poland, it comes in Polish. And I had to get it translated. And even when it was translated, it was gobbledygook. I had yes. according to Article One of Point Three, da 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 da. So I was told you write back in English because they know it. So I did, and it took them another month. Now after saying that some law, constitution of Poland, that no, you must respond 
in Polish? Do you know anything of that? Have you any experience? What like what I because yeah. the reason I'm saying it is I know there's others that would be in a similar situation. Okay. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Um, legislation, the legal system is intensely complicated. I can't possibly memorize it all. To give you an idea, in England or basically the corporation UK, there's about 32 million articles of legislation. In America, it's about 50 million articles of legislation. I can't memorize that. And if you want to delve in that, help you get, you know, be my guest. We'll do that in next week's podcast. Okay? Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the truth. None of it applies to you. <laughs> People don't understand this. They've been brainwashed. People think that what the government creates, you know, all these policies and legislation and all this, they think that's law. It's not law. It's contracts. The government is a corporation. People have got to understand this. It's a corporation just like McDonald's. So McDonald's can't send Ronald McDonald on your, knocking on your front door saying you must buy a Big Mac. You can't do that. And neither can the government. The government is a corporation. All they deal with is contracts. Look, look at the language they use. Statutes, bills, you know, all of this, regulations, license. These are all terminologies used in contract law. They only deal with contracts. So now you know this, when some bureaucrat starts spouting off article one, two, three, and subsection Z, you say, well, hang on a minute. Where's my signature? Where's the contract that I signed and that bureaucrat, he's got to have his signature on it as well. Where's the contract with my signature and his saying, I accept that policy. Doesn't exist. And this is where people have got to wake up. A lot of people say the year 2020 was the year of waking up. Okay, millions of people have woken up to what the government is up to. I get that. They're not, they're not awake yet. They haven't woken up to the next level. The next level is realizing that the government doesn't even exist. This was explained to you in a film called The Wizard of Oz. Okay, the end scene where you got the, the hologram and the smoke and the flames and the booming voice and woo, I am the scary wizard. Well, that's government. I don't care about that. I don't recognize it. I pull the curtain back and go, who's this guy pulling the levers? Do I have a contract with him? No. Do I know his name? Yes, I do. Do I know where he lives? Yes, I do. Great. I'm going to be serving him notice because he's trying to put a contract onto me that I never signed. This is where I, this is how we win. Everyone does their own unique little battles with the little sniveling little bureaucrats sending out garbage paperwork. So a few questions I can ask you is the paperwork that was sent to you. One of the first things I would always ask everybody, was it signed? And I'm almost sure that the documents you received didn't have a signature on it. If there's no signature on it, it has no lawful or legal standing. You don't even have to read it at that point. If you get a document from any of these bureaucrats, the very first thing you do is you look for a signature. Don't read it. I'm looking for a signature. If there's no signature, you stop reading. What I've noticed here, and it, it's like a lot of the stuff I'm getting is from the city. It has like a squiggle, and it's like the person is acting on power of eternity of the president. So mm -hmm. that's and that's a stamp, and they have a squiggle. So I, I know that it does have that's not really a signature. Like no, it's when, not. Now here's another thing. People have got to learn that the, the agent and principal uh, setup. Okay. Someone cannot be an agent for a legal fiction. 
So when you say something like the city, well, that's a legal fiction. It doesn't exist. Okay. So if they some, you know, if they say something like the council, that doesn't exist. It's a legal fiction. Okay. So if someone sends you some documentation, they are acting as an agent. They're making a claim. So there's two choices. Either they give me the name of the principal, which is the original person making the claim, or they are liable for that claim. There's no, there's no alternative. So when this bureaucrat sends you a document and it, check it, if it's a stamp or a photocopy, then that's not a signature, send it back. If you have a squiggle, by the way, signatures are not supposed to be read. The word signature means sign of nature. You're not supposed to read them. A true, honest um, person would print their name below their signature in English, not all caps. So again, when you get your document and you check the signature, make sure it's wet ink. If it's not wet ink, if it's a photocopy, it's not a live document. It's not being charged. Send it back. It says, I don't deal with photocopies. I need wet ink. If you get a wet ink and it's chicken scratch and you absolutely can't even make out any letters in there whatsoever, then to be very suspicious. You're not supposed to read signatures anyway, but any, it, it can point to who signed it. But there should be a name underneath in English title case, not all caps. If it's all caps, that's not English, that's not his name. If it says something like superintendent, nope, not interested, I need a person's name. If the name has a initial, WH Smith, well, who's WH? I need to know what the W stands for and I need to know what the H stands for, send it back. Also, when you get on the document itself, who is it actually addressed to? Look at the font. Is it your name? Is, does it say Mister? Well, send it back. I'm not a Mister. Even so if, you, even like in my situation, because I know there's others in the similar thing. Even if you've kind of engaged with them at one stage, right. and and I'm getting it in with the window. I everything I get from the city. Let, yes. Let's call them the city is in a window, and it has the either Mister or the all capitals. Correct. Right. This is where again, not solutions or answers, remedy. Okay. So yes, if it's cold calling and this is the first time you've got it and this is the first time you're dealing with this, whoever it is, and they use the word Mr, then you would caution them and say, do not refer to Mr to me again anymore or I'm going to hit you with a £5,000 uh, fee for doing so, for damages, because you're applying a title to me, okay? If they continue to use the word title, your Mr after that, the title, now you can sue them for £5,000, whatever. If you've already agreed to using the word title, the mister, then you've accepted the title. So yes, you can't use that excuse if you've already filled out documentation with mister. Okay, so yeah, if you've already accepted the title mister or missus, you can't then send it back saying, well, there's a title mister on it, because no, you've already consented. But I would start to question it. Another thing, when you get your documentation through, question everything. People look past logos. A lot of this documentation, you get barcodes on it. We've all seen it. Question it. Say, hang on, there is a symbol on this document I don't recognize. You'll have little numbers in the corner. Sometimes it would be horizontal. There'll be numbers and references on the, on the margin. Question all of it. So you would get the document, you would photocopy it, and then on your computer, circle all the issues and then number them, one, two, three, four, five. Then you send back a notice and say, before I can even 
get into the details of this document, I need you to address the errors or the issues. What does that barcode mean? What does that QR code mean? What does this logo mean? What does this coat of arms mean? Hold it up to the light, there's a watermark. What does a watermark mean? Again, most people don't understand. They think watermarks are like pretty paper. No, watermarks have legal connotations. And if you don't ask what they are, you'll be signing the agreement which is attached to that watermark. So anything you don't understand, if you see anything underlined, because in their language, in dog Latin, if it's underlined, it means removed from the document. If it's italics, again, question it, because italics means removed from the document. If it's in all caps, some of it might say uh, summoned to court. Well, if that's written in all caps, it doesn't say that. It's ASL, American Sign Language, doesn't say anything. Circle it, what is that? Oh, going back to the name, this is how you get out of speeding tickets. Because um, the entire system is based on your consent and your assumption, in their eyes, they're not committing any fraud. Okay, so if they send you a dogged document with no signature on it and it's written in all caps and you reply to it, well, you assumed everything was okay. So in their eyes, they've not, they have not committed fraud. The fraud is committed when they actually read that document to you. So if you're in court, and you shouldn't really be in court, but let's say you end up in court, you get the document and you hand it over to the magistrate and say, excuse me, magistrate, can you read this? I don't recognize it. And point to your name in all caps. He can't read it. He'll close, he'll bang the hammer up. No, case dismissed. Clear the court. He cannot read it. Because at that point, he's committing the fraud. Because he, if he actually reads it and tells you that's your name, your assumption is gone. You see how that works? You're not assuming anything anymore. You're now being, you're being told directly that that's you. And you know it's not because it refers to your legal fiction. The magistrate knows that. The magistrates can, and the courts can only deal in the, the dead entities, the legal fictions. That's all they deal in. They cannot and will not deal with the living, breathing man. Never can, never will. So if you know the difference, you can hand over the, the charge sheet, whatever it is, and say, excuse me, magistrate, can you read this? It's all in all caps. And you can't do it, because then that's fraud. But yeah, going back to your problem, and this is the same for everybody, you've got to get your mindset right. If someone is sending you some documentation, you need to know the name of the person who sent it to you. Don't deal with legal fictions like the council, the city, or whatever. Don't recognize them. I'm going to need a name. So as soon as you've got a name, do this with electric companies, parking tickets, all debt collection agencies, all that. Going to need a name. You can't deal with this until you need you get a name. And then you'll probably find that they'll leave you alone. Because when you start pestering them and say, look, I need a name, I need a name, and you keep charging them, it's going to cost you 350 quid. Because every time I make a reply, I'm charging 350 quid, 350 quid, I need a name. You're basically saying, yes, I will deal with this as soon as I get a name of the person who's sending it to me. And that's when they start panicking. And that's why when I start dealing with people, they normally quit at the notice stage. They give in. I, it's very rare for me to take it all away and send the bailiffs around to collect stuff. I've only done that about twice. You know, but yes, people have got to get into that. Don't reply to documentation if it's in a legal fiction. You need a name, you need a signature. And regarding 
court cases because I'm kind of learning about that and yeah. not to go into court and you kind of uh, address it at the start that you kind of state what's what's your advice now how, if someone is getting a letter or call to court well I mean if they don't return to sender if it's done in such a way that they open it you know let's yeah. say oh yeah let's just touch on that as well the um, opening the letter if you've opened it don't worry, it's not the end of the day, okay? It's not like, oh, I've, I've consented to the, you know, I've proclaimed the law, so now it applies. Because remember, the police and the courts only use assumption. So if you want to respond, you've opened it, you will send them a notice, and you can say a uh, notice of mistake. And you can put in, a, in there and say, look, this was opened by mistake. And then you'll put a clause in there saying, opening the envelope does not mean acceptance of contract. Boom. They cannot use the assumption now. You've removed it. Another thing they use is a postcode as well. A postcode is a corporate number. So if you actually use a postcode on your documentation, the corporation will say, well, you've consented because you're using a postcode. So if you're going to use a postcode, you will put in there, use, use of postcode is not a condition or acceptance of contract. It's used for geographic location only. Also, don't ever use their reference numbers. If you use their reference numbers in your documentation, you've contracted with them. If you want to make reference to their reference numbers, I know. Don't. <laughs> don't. Oh, yes, that's that, yeah. People okay. don't let me just fill it. Parking ticket, yeah, yeah. your reference number. Yeah, that's. I've done that. that with the reply that I've done. Yeah, yeah. But You're I, contracted. I, yeah. So again, if you do want to make reference to their reference numbers, then you will put a clause in there and say, Making reference to your reference number is not acceptance of contract. And also put your own reference number in there. Always use your own reference numbers. When you send him mail back, put your own reference number in. Okay. And then you can make reference to your documentation. Um, so, yes. So, where were we? We're getting into the court. The court, yeah. Of course. That's right. Now, there is a, there is a um, document on my website. It goes through the basics of how to short circuit a court. It explains the four basic courts, okay? You've got to understand that all of these courts we have today are corporate. Think McDonald's, okay? They have no authority whatsoever, zero. Some people go, what about this? What about that? What about, no, no, none, none. There's only one authority that's yours. So for someone to have authority over you, you must give yours to them. If you did not do this, they have no authority. The only way a court actually has authority is if there's someone making a claim against you, a living, breathing man or woman who has sworn on affidavit that what you've done to him is a crime, right? There's the authority. So a lot, again, people don't understand this. You walk into a courtroom and you go, where's my jury of 12? There should be 12 people sitting there. That's what a court of law is. So where's my jury? And then you go into court, you go, oh, where's the person making the claim? Bring forth the person making the claim that I'm either in breach of contract or I've harmed them in some way. If there is no person in court making the claim and there is no jury of 12, you are not in a court of law. You're in administrative court. And most of these courts operate as a trust. And all they're doing is screwing you over for money and they're adding it to your trust fund. So. Yes, if you actually do end up in court, all of it is an offer, by the way. They might put pressure on you. They might use, uh, by the way, when they, saw, when they send you documentation that looks scary, all the scary stuff will be in all caps. That's because they can't write it in English. 
So if they say you are summoned to court, that will be in all caps. That's because it does not say you are summoned to court. They can't write that in English. If they wrote that in English, I'll be going, hang on a minute, where's the authority coming from for you to summon me to court? Doesn't exist. Now I've got them. But if I read summoned to court in all caps and I make the assumption that's what it says, well, I've just entered into an agreement. So this is why most people are illiterate. You've got to learn how to read. So you get into court. Uh, you end up in, now, here's the thing. If you answer any question in that courthouse, you've entered into joinder with them. They now have jurisdiction over you. And it is as simple as answering your name. So you go there and they'll say, is Mr. Smith present? You go, yes, I'm Mr. Smith. At that point, you've lost. You've entered into their jurisdiction. You have no sovereignty rights or rights in anything at all. All gone. You are now a defendant. You've lost. So if, if they call the name out, you should turn around and say, I am here for that matter. Not answer the name, but I'm here for that matter. Okay? Because you know that that name they've spoken is actually referencing your corporation. That's not you. So you can't say, yes, that's me, because then you're also the corporation. You can't be. I can be here for the matter of the corporation. And then they'll do sneaky stuff as well, like the security guard will turn around and say, uh, can you follow me? And you go, okay. <laughs> he just entered into joinder with him. Because <laughs> you've accepted an order. He said, can you follow me? Yes, okay, I'll follow you. Now you've entered into the jurisdiction. So you would say, no, thank you, offer declined, but can you show me where to go? <laughs> you've got to get your language right. Okay, I've heard as well, and because I, I've just finished a criminal case based on what I mentioned at the start with the three people that were living there. Basically, they weren't paying rent, they sued me, you know. Right. And, and I've I thankfully won, but I've since learned because I just paying so much attention that by having a solicitor, you're basically giving your rights to them. And if yeah. they're putting someone in jail, I've heard that they need the three signatures, the judge, the prosecutor, and the solicitor that you've employed, and they can't put you in jail without that. Is that correct? Well, sort of. When you enter into their courts in their jurisdiction, they can do anything they want. They don't even follow their own rules. So you have to be careful. This is why when you start using legislation, this is why I don't like using it. You've got, if you're going to get into this game, you have to learn about your own sovereignty. That's your court. Okay, you've got to understand that. You, By the way, if you, when you become sovereign, you will know it. You can't bluff it. Okay, you can't just put a title on me and say, I am sovereign. And then when a policeman comes up to you and says, where's your driver's license? You go, yeah, here it is. No. I tell you what happened to me because I got this common law card and I was all getting ready and I basically shit myself. And I, <laughs> I just showed him the card and he was like, give me your license. And I was like, uh, but I got out of it, but uh, thankfully no fine or anything. Right? But it was like I was, as you say, not being prepared, not knowing what you're doing, and it was yeah, just doing yes. it the wrong way, basically. Yes. So you you will become sovereign, and it will be a state of mind. You will know when that day happens. Okay, it's in here and in here. You will know it, and it's very simple. So whenever, say you 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 mentioned that policy where you know the judge has to sign it, solicitor has to sign it, and all the rest of it. Okay. Did you agree to that? No. Where's your signature? Did you sit down with the lawyer and the judge and, the, and all of them and, and get them together and say, look, can we make a policy where if you sign something, it applies to me? 
is there a document anywhere with your signature on it giving the judge authority over you no there isn't so common law is easy when any any policy is, is spoken to me like oh you do this you do that or whatever it is the very first question i ask did i agree to it is my signature on it so it's like the lockdown stuff oh you've got a lockdown it's the law who says where's the contract with my signature on it saying i agree to this lockdown by the way lockdown is a military term but yes so when you start this is where people go wrong you see they go on the internet looking for these policies and they look they get legislation they pull it down and all this sort of stuff whatever you do do not apply it to yourself okay if you know how to play the game you can use these pieces of legislation against them anyone who works for the government are bound by all this legislation okay that's why they're so weak because they have agreed to it all if you are sovereign none of it applies to you it's like discrimination all right very dangerous game also exemption if we've got time we'll touch on that whatever you do do not use exemption but discrimination people are using this discrimination all the time like you know they go into a shop and the shopkeeper says you're not wearing a mask i'm not going to serve you and then what do they do oh you're discriminating against me don't do that don't do that what you've just done is you've accepted the jurisdiction of all this legislation you find the police the police now know that you've accepted that jurisdiction you've got no rights you're not sovereign anymore you're a citizen or a member of the public that policeman has full control over you you've lost don't use that don't use any acts or statutes to try and protect yourself you can use them as weapons if you know how to do it this is a dangerous game if you don't know how to do it i would say to people stay away from them don't hide behind um exemptions there's another thing let's just touch on this there's too many people out there going around saying i'm exempt so you walk into a shop where's your mask if you turn and say i'm exempt you've lost because here's what's going on if someone comes up to you and says where is your mask and you're saying exempt you're acknowledging that that person even had the right to ask you that question in the first place you're acknowledging that that there is an obligation for you to answer you're acknowledging that you accept the contract that the government drew up saying that you should wear a mask and now you're pointing to that contract and saying because of government exemption i'm now exempt now what's the exemption they might say religious grounds or whatever so where are you getting that from and of course you're pointing at a document that some politicians written and you're saying because of that document that that politician has written i'm exempt under religious grounds well what happens when that politician rips it up and says oh we're not going to use that anymore what's happened to your exemption it's gone you've lost you've given up your rights you've given up your sovereign status so don't use exemptions and do not use fake cards okay there's a lot of uh fake uh you know Jab no, I, I totally agree with you. And I know people are doing and what I say is one, you're adding to the statistics, and two, like one, I know that they can actually tell if you've got it or not. So you could actually get jailed because of doing that because you're committing fraud then. Correct. Correct. I'm glad. Yes, you get it. You're committing fraud. Because what you're doing is you're accepting the contract. You're saying yes. I know I should have an exemption card or a certificate that I've had the jib jab. I know I should, but here you go. I've committed fraud. Here's a fraudulent. So you're in breach of contract. The police will now arrest you. So you don't. You, you've got to, everyone's got to learn to stand their ground. So if someone says to you, where's your mask? It's, what's it got to do with you? That's the answer. I mean, the first thing you've got to do is someone comes up to you anyway and starts a conversation with you. It's what's your name? What's your name? Give me your name. Full name. 
First name, last name. If they won't give it, all right, conversation's over. And here's the reason. If you don't know their name, how can you ascertain obligation that you should be talking to them in the first place? You can't do it. <laughs> so if you won't give me my, your name, I don't know even if you, there's a contract between me and you, whether or not I should be even talking to you. So go away and, and don't wait for a response. Walk off. If they touch you, that's assault. I'm escalating. I'm, I'm, I'm using that here because like everyone here is wearing, I, I don't, and I ensure my son, my son is eight this month and we don't, we don't, like you go into little or any of these, I just don't. And the odd time someone will say, I just ignore them. Yeah. And I've not, I've, I've noticed that. I think a lot of the time people are just saying it because they're made to say it and they don't even, it doesn't even register. So the last, and I say it to my son, going, oh, see, everyone is there, they're wearing it. I said, I just, just said nothing, just paid my money and left the shop. And he's laughing because he sees everybody panicking. Yeah. And he, he said to me the other day, I mean, this is a child that's turning it. He says, my uh, PE teacher is, uh, is awake. And I says, why? He's the only one that doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> Excellent. But yes, there's no lawful requirement to wear a mask and there never will be. Oh, this is a universal constant that people must understand what's going on. The government, or should I say the people behind government, there's two things. They cannot act against you without your consent. I want to say that again. They cannot act against you without your consent. You have to give your consent then they can act. That's fines, imprisonment, kicking your front door in, the lot. They can't do any of that unless you consent. It's not informed consent. They'll trick you, and it might be as simple as answering your name, and that's enough for them. But they got to get your consent. And another one, the other one that I've always found is that the people behind government have got to tell you what they are going to do. And they do. Okay? Some of it is in your face. Blatant. So some of it is uh, using dog Latin and, uh, you know, uh, Black's Law Dictionary. Like when the politicians, like what's going on in Australia. <laughs> See, the Australian people have no clue what they're actually in. Australia is a corporation. If you've accepted the title Australian citizen, then basically a citizen is an employee of that corporation. And you've accepted the policy of that corporation. So all the policeman has to do is says, are you an Australian citizen? Yes, I am. Okay, boom, you're gonna get beaten up because you consented, you've accepted the title Australian citizen. But if you get rid of all your driver's licenses, passports and said, no, offer declined, I'm sending that all back. I have got nothing to do with that legal fiction. They can't act. So if they ask you, are you an Australian citizen? You, you turn it around and say, do you have any evidence that I am? They can't act. If they do, that's now unlawful. You can now retaliate using lethal force. Okay, this is, where, this is how common law works. Okay, you can give someone a warning three times. So you'd say to someone, if they're on, their, on your property, you give them a warning three times. I'm gonna have to, you've got to get off my uh, property, you're trespassing. If they don't do that after three times, now you can use force against them. That's common law, lawfully, that's fine. And you can now retaliate. And uh, yeah, so going back to the government, they tell you everything. Okay, a lot of it's quite easy. It's on websites, you just dig for it. We all know about the um, side effects of a certain medical procedure. It's on government websites, they're telling you. Some of it's more cryptic. So politicians will use deceptive words and it'll be, it'll be in um, 
uh, Black's Law Dictionary terminology, the average person doesn't understand it. Another one, you might see that, uh, you know, you'll have for the deaf, for the deaf, you'll see someone doing sign language behind the politician. That's not for the deaf. American Sign Language, this is cryptic Masonic stuff. So those hand gestures have different meanings. So they're actually telling you what they're, what, what you're, what they're doing, but you're using the, high, the hand signals as well. So you've got to be careful. So yes, they're telling you what they're doing on everything. You just got to learn how to read. And when you know how to read, you can then protect yourself. Because when you know how the system works and you know everything is a corporation operating as a trust, you can now protect yourself. So And, and like, because I know uh, there's some people that come up with say a document that you put on your window that doesn't allow any government official. Does that, is that what's... Yeah, we have them on my website. You can download them um, free. Uh, there's two notices. So one of them, you put a notice, uh, by the way, everyone watching this, you are not obligated to answer your front door. If someone knocks on it, you don't know who it is. You are not obligated to answer it. Okay. So people need to understand that. People go up and answer the front door. No, you don't. But there's two notices you can download. One of them is a general notice, which it says private by appointment only. And then you'll put a 500 pound levy. So anyone knocking on your front door, who, no matter who it is, narrows your 500 quid if they do not have an appointment. There's another one on there that's more detailed and that applies to police, council workers and all the rest of it and revokes their perceived right of access. So you can download them, put them on your, on your door. So the way you protect yourself is because the people behind government are basically bureaucrats and they deal in this paperwork world, you've got to get your paperwork ready. So you need an affidavit of status, get that filed with the court, that will protect you from the legal fiction. Put your children on that affidavit of status, call them your property, call them, say they belong to you. That way the school can't touch them anymore. Get them out of school. When you put your children in school, uh, public school, you're accepting the title member of the public. You've lost all rights. You can't serve notice on the headmaster to say, don't do a jib jab on my children because that notice is meaningless. But on a private school, it's okay, yeah? You're, you're well, it saying... depends if the private school, if the private school is registered with the government, then no. Uh, because if it's registered with the government, the government owns that private school. It's not private. There's a thing. The, the, the um, government operates as a trust. If you register anything with the government, you are transferring property rights to the government or the Crown Corporation. The Crown Corporation is the one big corporation that owns everything. So that's your business, that's your children, that's your car, that's your house, anything you register with the corporation, they have property rights. They tell you this, take your car, for example. People think they own their car. No, you don't. You've registered it with the government. Here in UK corporation, the department's called DVLA. It even tells you in the name, L stands for licensing. The word license means asking permission. <laughs> Another thing about why do you need a marriage license? If we've got time, we'll cover that. But people think they've got married to their beloved one. No, you didn't. You're actually in a corporate merger. But anyway, so yeah, your car. <laughs> You've handed over property rights to DVLA. They give you a government number. It's called a license plate. The reason why it's called a license plate is because you're now driving government property under license. And now you need a driver's license to drive government property. It's in your face. I, I, I know of people that have basically, there's letters that you can send and 
get it back. Yeah. And then, then, then I've heard about kind of the insurance that I think is it something under the CV Cuvic Trust that you you use your own bond? Is that legitimate or Correct. what? Correct. Correct. That's right. Your car insurance is already paid for um, using the Sestu KV Trust. Okay. In fact, everything is paid for. Your, your uh, utility bills, your electric, your gas, everything. The way it works, again, is operating as a trust. The Treasury uses your live birth certificate, certificate of birth, to create the credit. Okay, they create the credit. That pays for the electric, the car insurance, the whole lot, the gas, the lot. The Treasury is on the hook to pay this debt back. They're the debtors. Okay, they don't want to pay that back because they don't have any money to pay that back. So what they do is they trick the general public to pay back their own credit. And they do that by selling the debt to utility companies. So the electric bill... It's not a bill. They send it through the post. It'll probably say occupier, which means it's not even to you. You should know that and it's not even me send it back. But no, people open it up. They think it's an electric bill. They fill out the details and they say, yes, I agree to pay this back. It's not a bill. That's why it's called repayments. You're making the payments a second time. <laughs> you paid it once before using your trust. Now you're paying a second time. Repayments. I mean, if you look at the water bill, it will tell you balance. It says balance. It's in the black. It's even black writing. So you get your water bill. It's not a water bill. It says you're in credit for 535 quid or whatever it is. That's your balance. And underneath, there will be a check. They're sending you a check for the 535 quid. You're supposed to basically send that back and say, yeah, that's paid my water bill. But people think it's a bill. <laughs> They've changed the name. It used to be gyro check. I think it's gyro slip now because people are waking up to that. But yeah, your car insurance is uh, prepaid for. Um, what Again, layman's terms, everybody, layman's terms. Um, so basically what they're doing is the treasury creates the credit, pays the insurance, sells this in the form of debt to the insurance companies. The insurance companies then create a policy that you agree to sign and then you agree to pay the debt back. The insurance companies make a commission. This is then paid back to the uh, treasury. Now, here's the thing. All of this that you're making payments to, the government can't touch it. It goes back into your trust in your name, all of it. All your mortgage payments, your credit card payments, the lot. All goes into your trust. It's sitting there waiting for you to collect it. But no one knows about it. No one ever does. So when you die, all that money sitting in that trust fund, and it could be a million, two million, depending on your spending habits, goes to the Rothschild's banking system. So a lot of people think that this, uh, medical situation that's happening globally. Uh, they think that the pharmaceutical companies are behind it because they think that the pharmaceutical companies are making billions. It's chicken feed. It's, it's loose change down the back of the sofa. It's nothing. So for every uh, medical procedure that is used, the pharmaceutical companies might make, what, a couple of $200 or something, roughly, per procedure. Well, if that person should actually die from the procedure, the Rothschilds are making a million, two million dollars. They're in the quadrillions now. They don't talk in billions. They don't talk in trillions. They're in the quadrillions. Look at the world debt. It's somewhere between, what, 1.5, 2.7 quadrillion on a global GDP of about 80 trillion. Now, a lot of people think, well, that's just a whole load of debt. The thing is, is that equal amount of credit sitting in this Sester KV trust so how do you end a Ponzi scheme? Two ways to end a Ponzi scheme. Either the Ponzi scheme itself collapses and then all your customers find out it was a scam 
or you kill off all your customers. So people have got to read between the lines on this, but all this trust fund that's sitting there, the trillions and quadrillions is there to pay off the debt. This is end game stuff. That's what it's about. And I've been studying this for about 10 years. And when I realized what's going on, I was going, oh my God. I was trying to warn people in 2017. I said, there's a lockdown coming in 2020 and people thought I was a crazy person. But yes, that's how car insurance works. And with, with the, the thing on the door then, like say for people that are in foreign countries, do they have to have it in the local language or they can have it in English if that's their... In English. I mean, uh, if you were honorable, if you're honorable, then you would have it in the native language of that um, country. So if you wish, you could put two, yeah, one in English, yeah. one in, yeah, because it's your, remember that notice is your law in your jurisdiction. You not get, it's, it's, you don't look it up. See, people think, well, you know, how does that work? Well, it's your law. Okay, you know, that's your law, it's your notice. So that means that you're, it's your property. So you make the law in your property. So you tell people, this is private. If you knock without an appointment, it's gonna cost you 500 quid. You don't need to look that up, that's your law. So yeah, an honourable person is not going to use deception. So yes, if you if you mm -hmm. you know, no makes so, yeah yeah okay yeah because then they can't use the excuse and say oh it's not in French or it's not in Polish or whatever yeah, exactly. I put it in Polish. So it's all about honour. This is how the sovereign so, that's how sovereign operates. Okay, we we keep our word. Okay, and we do no harm, and we help our fellow sovereign. We don't do anything underhanded. We are with honour. We tell everybody in English what we're doing. So, yeah. So this is another one that I'm seeing about a million different versions. Your signature or your autograph. There's like the thumbprint. There's the colon. There's the whatever. What, what what's yes. your your call on this one? There, again, there is a document on my website, so you can download it. It goes into it explains the different colors of the ink. Like black ink does refer to the legal dead, the dead entity. Uh, red refers to blood, living. That's why, you know, because we used to have uh, blood oaths. That's where the color came from. You know, before people could even write, they would draw blood and make their mark on the parchment. So, and that evolved into wax seals, which were also red. So the red refers to the living, the, the blood. Uh, the blue, that's a bit more difficult to research, but there's some uh, information that points to the fact it could be royal blue which means if you use the royal blue, then you are subject to the monarch, the king or the queen. There's also that if you use the blue, then you're accepting maritime law because it's the blue of the sea. So again, you've got to be careful who you're signing with. So this is why, you know, assumption, they ass the person you're signing, they assume stuff. So then you've got to clarify. So you can turn around and say, look, I'm going to use black ink, but that does not mean I am going to be signing for the legally dead or the legal the legal fiction you can say that it's oh, i'm gonna sign in black so it's all done through assumption there's another color which is purple which is the what a sovereign would use that is the blending of the blue and the red makes the purple uh you've got the color gold that's the ultimate color which means eternal so usually wedding vows are signing gold because it's eternal you know and normally if a monarch or king signs in gold and it's got to be real gold then after the monarch dies, that whatever he signed is still active because it's eternal. There are ways to protect your signature. 
okay because remember the word signature is sign of nature again like i've mentioned before signatures are not supposed to be read it is a sign you can you can do any sign you want it doesn't have to be letters of the alphabet uh, if we all remember prince the pop star he had his sign okay so i know what he was doing he was saying he was saying to everybody i'm not taking the legal fiction name anymore i'm not taking the surname that's my new sign is that and that's why the uh, establishment would not go along with it and they would say formerly known as prince or the artist formerly known as prince as prince because he would not acknowledge his sign so anyway you can put any sign you want um the best way to do it i suppose a general consensus uh, would be a signature or an autograph an autograph is more powerful than a signature an autograph is a graph of your autonomy or a graph of your authority the living okay this is easy to understand if you meet someone famous like i don't know member of the beatles do you want an autograph or do you want a photocopy? Do you want an autograph? Like, you know, that's where the money is. So you'd sign it in purple. Um, you would sign it all rights reserved. So you'd have all rights reserved. Um, you'd sign over all rights reserved so people can't delete it from the document. If you wanted to make it a, a concrete blood oath signature or autograph, you would use a thumbprint over the top of the purple ink. And if you want to make absolutely sure that your legal fiction name is not used, then you would write your name. You should always write your name anyway below your signature. Your name should be written in at least uh, title case English, because that's what the honourable will do. Because if you make a mark that you can't read, the honourable would write their name so you can read it. And very minimum, it should be title case English. But you can do the, uh, the I think it's called uh, quantum, uh, quantum syntax method, which would be colon, space, your name using title case English. So Bob would be big B, O, B, hyphen, if you've got a middle name. Your middle name then would be in all lowercase. Colon again, space. And if you want to use your surname, which would now be a family name, you put your family name title case at the end of that. That's now your family name, not surname, in title case. And then you would end it and close it with a full stop. That is how you print your name, not sign. Okay, so a lot of people think, oh, I've got to sign my name like that. No, 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 that's how you print it if you want to make sure that no one applies the legal fiction onto you. So, but there's a document on my uh, website, it goes through the signature, tells you how you can make it stronger. Um, in fact, I've got an updated version. I'll be updating it over Christmas. A few more pages. But yeah, if you want to know, go on my website. Yeah, excellent. And uh, uh, like I hear of a lot of people I, I want to wrap this up by in 15 minutes so we get an hour and a half, but I really want to get you back because I, all of my listeners, it's it's this because I've had a few different guests on and I'm talking about, they know that I think it'll be our saving grace to be honest with you because I've looked at all the different things and attacking the different you know powers that be ain't the way to do it and this is the way to do it right. and i love what you say because I've, I've kind of learned that myself you have to kind of listen to your own heart and do it yourself because when you yes. kind of pass it onto someone else and say john tell me did i do this right you're then waiting for them to come back and go and you're not you're not longer in control so and i think it's there'll be things you'll do wrong but by doing it wrong you learn how to do it right yes i'm glad you've made that point it's up to each of us to take back our own power take back our authority okay our responsibility our rights remember rights are a package deal they come with responsibility, authority, your court, your jurisdiction, and it's your freedom. It's a package deal. 
When politicians talk about rights, they're not talking about rights, they're talking about privileges, okay? Oh, by the way, liberty does not mean freedom. There's a lot of people going liberty, liberty. No, no, no. Liberty is allowances and privileges. That's what it means. Freedom means belonging. You choose who you belong to and you choose who belongs to you, okay? The easiest way to understand this is a man and woman getting married, they belong to each other and they've made that decision, okay? That's what freedom means, the choice to who you choose to belong to. Um, liberty is privileges and allowances. It comes from the ancient God. I think her name was uh, Libertas. She gave liberties to her followers, which means they were given freedoms from a higher authority. So when you take a look at um, America, America is a corporation. If you've accepted the title uh, American citizen, you're an employee of that corporation. The American flag is a logo of that corporation, okay? So when they talk about liberty, it's privileges given to the employees of that corporation. When you understand what's actually at play here, then you'll now look at the Statue of Liberty and realize the big joke that's being played on the American people. If you were in the military, you'll know this, because when you're on board ship, you are given liberty, surely. You're given a time, usually a bell, liberty bell, bing, right, now your liberties begin, bing, now, okay, liberties are over, come back on ship. So yeah, liberty does not mean freedom. But yeah, you've got to take back your own power, your own sovereignty, and you have to be responsible for your own life. Don't ask me or anyone else what to do. I can't tell you. All I can do is explain to you how it works. You then make a decision. If you want to pay the parking ticket, you pay it. If you don't want to, that's your choice. Okay, if you want to take your number place off your car, that's your choice. Although, read between the lines, the sovereign project is Fight Club. Wink, wink, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I see, like, I haven't gone on protests. I actually don't feel that they're a way of solving anything. And I see there was like millions in Berlin and everything. Are yeah. you actually, because you're protesting against something, are you entering into a contract then that you're agreeing to their law yes. by being there, then they have control over you? Yes, yes. Exactly right. You're protesting. It's like, look, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to take anything away from anyone protesting because in my view, at least you're doing something. Yeah. There's people at home just moaning, not doing anything at all, and they want to be saved. I've got no time for those people. But at least there's people out there going to, you know, I put the coat on, it's cold, but I'm going to go out there with a placard so you get top marks. So I don't want to be like people, I'm, I'm being disrespectful. I am not. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I want to be clear on that. I'm saying, everyone, well done. You're out there. Fantastic. But you have to understand what's going on. If you are protesting government, then you're legitimizing government. It doesn't exist. Government is a legal fiction. Remember the Wizard of Oz. Are you actually going to petition the hologram and the, and the flames? Who are you going to you know, shake your fist at them? Or do you say, you know what, that doesn't even exist. Let's pull the curtain back and find a bureaucrat. There's so many people out there, they are um, like fight the bill or whatever it's called. They're fighting legislation. They're protesting against legislation. And you go, it doesn't even apply to you. Why are you protesting? You did not put your signature on this legislation. You don't need to protest. You know, so that's why people, that's why I say a lot, a lot of people woke up in 2020, but they have not woken up all the way. They don't know how the system works. So yeah, you're legitimizing the system if you protest please don't petition don't do petitions they have 
virtually no lawful or legal standing. If you get a petition and 100,000 people have signed it, it's only one voice. So it doesn't matter how many people have signed it, it's worthless and sorry to say. And you're legitimizing the legal system because if you're petitioning against it, then you're completely correct. You're saying it exists and it applies to me. Don't do that. So the way the Sovereign Project is, is we don't do any of this protesting. We know we're above it anyway. If you're sovereign, you, you know, why, why would I even protest? See, I don't refuse, because why would I refuse when I know there's no obligation? So it's always offer decline, always. So I don't ever refuse to wear a mask, because if I refuse to wear a mask, then I'm accepting the fact that I should be wearing it, and now I'm refusing. But I say there's no obligation, there's no authority for me to do it, so why would I even rebel against it? <laughs> it's your mindset. So it's offer decline, thank you very much. If they come at you again and say, no, yeah, you've got to wear a mask, they're the ones in the wrong. Now you can go after them. You give them a warning, the second time man say, oh, that's the second time you've offered me to wear a mask. Now I've declined. If you do it again, the third time, I will be suing you. Leave me alone. And if they do it again, right, that's it. Three strikes, you're out. Now I'm coming after you. Everyone's going to do their own individual war on this, their own little battle. It's only a little battle. Mm. It's just someone in a shop you might have to deal with or some stupid document that they send through the post. When you understand that and then people, the fear goes away. It's not this big booming Wizard of Oz thing anymore because you know it doesn't exist. You're just dealing with people on the street or bureaucrats. And when you know their name, you're, you're going to go after them. I'm, you know, the people I help, I mean, I, 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 we have a lot of people in the fraternity now. They, there's no fear anymore. They're saying, bring it on. Because <laughs> they know how it works. But yes, don't please don't petition. But if everyone wants to go out on the street and have a freedom day and enjoy their freedom, fine, do that. But don't register your freedom day. You know, you know they're doing these petitions or, or marches and then they register with the council. I'm going, what are you doing? If you do that, then everybody in that march is now under the jurisdiction of the council and now the police can act and now they can kettle you in and hit you with the batons. What are you? But yeah, people have got to wake up. You've got to understand how the system works. Exactly, exactly. Listen, I've thoroughly enjoyed our, our conversation. I, I would love to get you back maybe in a month's time because sure. I'm constantly getting questions and I know I've learned a lot today and I know that I'm in different groups as well and they, like you know, a lot of them are actually aware of you and you know they praise you so which is a, you know, a good thing and honestly your book as well because I, I think that a lot of people they don't really know what's going on this is a very well broken down it's like small little chapters yeah. but it breaks it down in such a way that you can like i mean obviously i've read hundreds of books and a lot of it i understand myself but i go i love the way that you've actually done it in such a way right. and you're also even saying hey don't believe what i said go yeah. and search this out like which you know it's basically saying hey i can write anything but you yes. check it out and you know and but uh, it, i i would highly recommend it so pete what's right. the best way how can people get in contact with you sure no problem yeah we can go on the website which is the sovereign project live uh, there'll be two emails on there um one is for collaborations so you can contact um i have uh, joanna she runs the website for me and so if you want to do a collaboration get in contact through through that way um the, we have a general inquiries email now what i've got to just ask everybody please please i know there's a lot of people watching this and they've got problems bailiffs or whatever 
we, we are volunteers. There's only a small group of us. We can't take on individual cases. You know, we have people who contact us and give them their life stories, you know, pages and pages, and they're saying, what do I do? And we, we, we don't have the staff. So please don't send in any requests for help. We can't do it. We're doing the best we can. We're trying to get this information out. The best thing people can do if they're really struggling is then go on the website, sign up to the website, then go on the Facebook group. And if you've got problems, ask questions there. If I see it, I scan it every day, I'll even chip in. We've got some great people in there and they are, they have the ability to answer some great questions. So, but that's the best What we might do actually, as well as for another episode, is list maybe the top five or 10 that you constantly get, because then we know we're you know, sharing with millions. Because I know that a lot of the stuff that we've discussed today, like, you know, there's so much confusion out there. And I, I just love the way that you've explained so many different things. And it's it's basically guided me on a different angle again. And each time I'm feeling better. And, you know, you you want you mentioned about, you know, not, not to give in or everything. I know that over the years being in court and everything because i know i was being they were fraudulent against me i will look straight at a prosecutor and a judge i've even screamed at judges i don't fear them and their head goes down police yeah. officers even there's like a kind of rubbish police here i've screamed at them i said you know this is yes. wrong and they just put their head down and nod like a dog like, you know and it's like yeah you, you know instead of and i tell people don't fear them i want you like because i know i'm not I'm, I'm nowhere near where i want to be like my aim is to actually get get there by the end of next year that's that that's what my yeah. target is you know i'm doing it i've got my file ready and i'm you know i'm playing with a few letters and everything you know because like some people they just want to know and they hear different things how you can get your money back and they're trying to yeah. they think they can become millionaires and they can do this they can do that like it's all slow steps but to be honest with you the more that i can talk to you and like my audience will reach i would like be honored if you can you know maybe once a month talk to us because i got it you know i'm in the top half percent got a good audience and i know that every single thing that i've seen that this is the way that we're going to make change thank you yes um, and, and, and like i say don't take my word for it yeah go and do your own research this is just information i've found and i said maybe this might be useful for you <laughs> that's all i do i don't teach anyone I don't tell them. And it's, it's not the same price as, as Black Law's dictionary. It's actually a very reasonably priced. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I make sure I put all the links in the podcast description, and people can get in contact with you. Yes, so get in contact that way. But like I say, um, you know, uh, please, if you've got private problems, we, we can't deal with it. it. It, I've got a team that answers that it, it's cutting them apart. It really is because they're reading these messages and they're going, "Oh my god!" and they're feeling depressed and they go, well, "I want to help, but we just can't." So, you know, please don't. So, um, and and just on that as well, because I know because I'm surrounded with a lot of people, you know, not sitting at home moaning as you say, but and they get the. I don't let it get to me. I don't and. Because if you are in a state of depression, you're not in a state of productivity. So just you just you just put it down and go. It is what it is. What can I do to make it better? And just you know, be productive the whole time. Yes, yes, totally agree. So listen, it's been wonderful, and we'll we'll talk soon. And thank you very much. Thank you. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. As I mentioned, we'll get feedback. So make sure you find the questionnaire on that, that you can write me some questions and uh, I'll cover the most important topics for the, the next meeting. So give us a thumbs up, five-star rating. Until next week, take care. This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. 
to get a 10% discount, go to coolabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING.